Hey, Fitness Business Secrets listeners. We get to listen to the second part of a three-part interview I had with Christian Leach, a successful online trainer and nutrition coach. If you've been trying to figure out how do you help your clients lose weight through nutrition without having a nutritionist degree, then today is the perfect episode for you because you are gonna learn a simple nutrition coaching methodology any trainer can use to train nutrition while staying within their scope of practice. You'll find out when not to focus on portions with your clients and when you create your own nutrition or fitness program, find out what recipes, videos, and coaching videos you should really include in your weight loss program. In addition, we'll talk about some really age-old questions with nutrition, such as how do you manage portions for foods that are not just one type of macro, think beans or veggies, and how to help clients balance their macros when they eat out. In addition, you'll learn what adjustments you should make to the macros for someone on a vegan diet, especially regarding protein. And since nutrition isn't just about macros, it's also about nutrients such as fiber. We talk about how to make sure your clients are taking in enough fiber and and how to answer a common client question, should they count total carbs or net carbs? Finally, you get to ask yourself if you're doing these two big mistakes that Christian said he did in the start of his online training business, but he overcame them and saw a boom in his business. Find out what they are. Stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Hey, FBS listeners. You might be wondering, how do I stay relevant and sensitive right now during so much uncertainty and COVID stress? One theme came to me when I was watching Conan O'Brien and Will Ferrell last night as they bantered, they're really funny, and Will Ferrell said, in that leotard scene, I was in a good weight. And then he said, with the quarantine, ugh, it's been hard to not gain weight. How about you? And then Conan said, well, there's no fat in my face, but it's all in my stomach. I agree. Now, some people actually have lost weight because they're able to eat in more, cook for themselves, and they're not doing as many social functions. However, I think for a lot of people, it's been a struggle. A recent poll done said that nearly half of the people they polled gained between one to six pounds. So this is a big stress for a lot of people. And I wanted to throw out some topics that you can use to really speak to what's on your prospects' minds right now on social media. So here's some ideas for a series of posts that you can do today to hopefully elicit a response from the people who are following you, but not really reaching out. Number one, we went into quarantine thinking this was going to only be a few weeks. But now that we know that some aspect of social distancing will be around for a while, it's time to plan and create new habits in this new environment. So no longer are we just following along with the changes in our schedule. We are going to plan And here are some ideas of how to plan to bring more exercise into your life. Exercise even if you can't go to your favorite gym. If you're still working from home, how to eat healthy when your office is right next to the kitchen. 
feeling stressed from the uncertainty, make sure to have habits and tools within yourself to address the desire to overeat on sweet and salty carbs. Number two, do a whole series on walking. Did you know that even 20 minutes of walking in nature reduces your cortisol, which helps with managing our weight and cravings? Number three, bring it back to nutrition. The key way that we know that our clients are going to lose weight is through adjusting their eating habits. So maybe you can do a whole series about how to not get seduced by food when you're staying home with it all day. Or another post could say, staying home on Friday night now? How about making this healthy, protein-focused dessert that you and your family make together and eat together during the weekend? And it just so happens that today's episode is perfect if you want to talk more about nutrition with your clients without getting beyond your scope of practice as a health coach or trainer. Finally, number four, use this to bring it back to how you can help them with your coaching services. In fact, maybe put together a 12-week program to regain their health and immunity. Okay, now I feel like I'm talking about the Immunity Boost Fitness Challenge that we're going to release. But what I'm, I didn't mean to do that. What I'm saying is coaching and being accountable to someone is one of the number one ways to help them stay on path with their health and nutrition. They really need to think through new patterns, new habits, think through how to address certain problems, and having a coach will really help them. The problem often seems to be, oh, well, I'm eating too much. That's exactly what's happening. But the bigger problem is now that we have a new schedule and a new way we get to work, which might be right at our desk, creating new habits, routines, and schedules so that it's naturally easier for them is what they really need. You can definitely do that by doing a whole create healthy habits, healthy processes, healthy schedules like a walk in the afternoon. And if you want more help in bringing the attention back to ways that you can help them, maybe put on the Immunity Boost Fitness Challenge that we'll be releasing soon. So I hope these were really helpful and you have some ideas for social media content, themes, and strategies for your posts this month. Okay, back to the show. Today on the show is Christian Leach, located in Calgary, Canada, He initially set out to be a teacher, but soon fell in love with personal training. He started in a big box gym like a lot of us, and then he found his way in leasing space and doing online training. He makes, I would guess, about six figures, and he can customize his schedule around his young family. In addition, he's really big into his charitable work and has raised over $125,000 for programs like Charity Water, the Salvation Army, Adopt-A-Family. What's interesting about Christian is that he's found success really quickly as a personal trainer, which we all know isn't actually that easy. He actually grew his online business to having too many clients and all with free Facebook marketing. In addition, in this three-part interview series with him, we find out not only how he has found success in his career, but how he's made it work for his family life and who he is as a person. This is really interesting just because a lot of trainers get taught, people ask them about nutrition, what to eat, and it it gets really confusing. And besides the whole, like, what can I say that's okay as, as a trainer? So I think this brings up a good point about portion size, like that type of program. 
I know that Precision Nutrition is one of the top certification programs, but at the same time, some people might not be fully familiar with their methodology. Could you tell me in a, like a, a very summary perspective, how then do you tell people what to eat if you're not telling them exactly what to eat at each time of day through portions? Yeah. Yeah. So just a little bit of background on precision nutrition. Like it's a, it's a nutrition certificate certification program founded by a PhD in nutrition. His name is John Berardi. And, you know, half of their program is, you know, high level, you know, nutrition, like university level dietitian stuff. And half of it is habit-based coaching, but it was designed with the understanding that you are not a dietitian. You're not, you know, telling people exactly what to eat or recommending supplements or working with special populations like diabetics or things like that. So their, their premise is based on visuals of portion sizes. So a thumb of fat at each meal, for example, it varies, you know, based on the individual, a uh, fist of veggies at each meal, a palm size serving of protein, a cupped palm size serving of starchy carbohydrates, and that's it. So when you create a visual, you know, that's within your scope of practice as a, as a precision nutrition coach. But the nice thing is it touches on habits. Uh, often, you know, people don't fail their diets because they don't understand the plan. It's they're not able to actually change their habits. And then, and then the nice thing about the program too, is it has the science. So if you do, if you do get asked some, some questions, well, like, you know, explain to me the process of ketosis. Well, you've learned all that. So you, you, you know how to answer that. And that lends a lot of credibility. You know, rarely are you going to just get into a, a high level explanation of, ketosis or the Krebs cycle or something like that. But if somebody asks you that, it's good to be able to answer it really elevates your status. Yeah. Yeah. So then for your program, it's since it's portion based and these, let's say the thumb and it's supposed to be that the hand is relative to the size of your body. How, what do you actually customize if the portions are kind of known? You port, you would, you would customize the, the amount of portions per day. So if somebody's very sedentary and is a, let's say a small sedentary woman going through menopause, she's going to have very few portions of generally carbohydrates in each day. You might want a, a decent amount of portions of, of protein. So you're customizing exactly how many portions of protein, carbs, and fats they're having in a day. Like I do calculate it all in terms of the macros, but I don't, it's overwhelming for a lot of people to follow the macros. So I'm taking the macros and converting it to portion sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially you're customizing the macros for everybody, but all they're looking at is, Oh, okay. I see. I get three, three servings of carbs a day and here's my list to choose from. And then the next person, if they're, you know, training for ultra Spartan race, they might get five servings of carbohydrates a day. And so that's your job is to, is to dictate how many portions they get and then to coach them as whether or not they're 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 achieving that and for some people you know if they have really poor like nutrition knowledge and maybe really bad uh, nutrition practices let's say they're morbidly obese and they're you know kind of eating junk food all the time you don't even need to get them to hit that portion plan you just need to get them to eat better and 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 that can be the portion plan might be too overwhelming for them so a lot of people mm-hmm. i'm like hey they're ready to, to hit that plan on, on day one. And some people I'm like, 
we don't even have to hit that plan in the first six weeks. And that's kind of how you sell them first. That's our, that's our end goal. Let's just eat better than we did yesterday. And, and then, so when I log into their coaching group, I'm telling them how they could have done better and what they did right. So reinforcing, you know, good, good choices. Again, that's why I say the value is, is in the coaching is some people I know, I'm still going to make that customized plan, but I know based on their intake form and some of the struggles they may have had or based on their food diary, it doesn't even matter if they follow that plan. It just matters that they, they, they take my advice and that I don't overwhelm them in the beginning because if they're eating McDonald's four times a day, any positive change is going to create results and you just want to keep building from there. Mm-hmm. So a very gradual based off of where they are right now. Absolutely. Like that's one, that's one thing that precision nutrition, you know, helps you identify, but I think a lot of us can do it on our own is they kind of rate clients on a skill level in terms of nutrition and like one to four. So you kind of figure out where is that, is that a highly skilled client? Is that client very motivated, has good food knowledge, is already eating well, then yeah, you're going to get them to try to nail that plan right away because you think they can. But if somebody is struggling with emotional eating, again, has making really poor food choices and doesn't even really know what a carbohydrate is, then there's going to be a lot of more leeway there. And they don't need to completely nail that portion plan or completely overhaul their diet to get some really amazing results, mm-hmm. at least initially. Yeah. And I, I know I had tried, I've done different fitness challenges for my gym. I, I read through the Precision Nutrition book. And and it sounds like you've been really successful. So I want to ask you some questions. So it sounds like you give them this recipe book, you give them, you you give them custom portion sizes per day. Is there anything else you give them to, on what to eat, like a list of foods to eat and not to eat, like times of days, pictures, what do you give them? Because this is, it can, it's, it's easy to I think for a client to want to think what they want to think so they can still want to eat what they want to eat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. So yeah, the, you know, the, the initial delivery is, you know, the recipe book, the portion based plan, and then the, the programs on trainerized. So they can log in and the whole program is laid out for them. Mm -hmm. And then with technology now there's, and then the food list that corresponds to the portion plan. So there's the portion plan. And it's one thing to say, hey, one portion of protein, but here's a list of lean proteins. Here's a list of fattier proteins. So all that is there for them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, screen recorded videos, because here's, here's the one tricky thing with this demographic is, you know, not all, all you know, say postmenopausal women in retirement age, not to single them out, but might not be as uh, tech savvy as, as people in a younger demographic. So I try and film everything, you know, screen captures from the phone and from Facebook because I operate a lot of the coaching through Facebook so that they can watch the videos and follow along. Oh, here's how I, here's how I find this and, and here's how I do this. But again, I think that the, the, the real value for me has been in referrals and in the coaching I give on a daily basis. So you mentioned like foods, what to eat or what not to eat. I have a lot of videos that I offer to this group each day and it explains why we're doing what we're doing. We'll spend a week on emotional eating. We'll spend time talking about why we maybe want you to focus more on weight training, a little bit less on cardio. So there's thematics that we go through each week and and most of it is recorded videos or documents that are provided. So I try to add value to each day and to each week. And, uh, and the nice thing is, you know, once those videos become pre-recorded, 
a lot of them you can use again. I will say I had to record a whole whack of brand new videos when COVID hit because I needed to mm. speak to that, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, because for a lot of people during COVID, the nutrition coaching was more about maintenance and, and keeping your head above water than trying to pour pressure on people to lose weight. Like I thought that would be for the people already signed up, that would be frankly inappropriate to say, Oh, come on, let's do it. Let's dig in when somebody just got laid off or, you know, they can't yeah. see their, their sick mother in a nursing home, but that, that hmm. daily check-in will keep people accountable, keep people interested, keep people engaged. And then, and then that's where the referrals come in is they say, okay, you're going to get this, but you know, you're going to be able to, to learn so much about why your maybe your low carb diet before didn't work and, and how to deal with your emotional eating. So that's where I really try to add value. I mean, uh, I probably said this twice in the, this interview already, but the, the meal plan is the least valuable thing I can give these clients and it's the, mm. the daily interactions mm -hmm. um, and the problem solving, the daily problem solving mm. you can mm -hmm. give them. I know some people will write to me at the start of a week, oh my gosh, I have three social functions this week and I'm worried I'm going to blow all my results. Like, I, I'm not looking forward to this week. And then I'm like, okay, okay, let's mm. talk about it. Where are you going? What are you doing? Here's what we can do. Here's here's our strategy. If you follow the strategy, you will actually lose the weight this week and be able to go out for pizza this night and two glasses of wine the next night. But this is what we got to do. That is is I think really really value added for them because if you are following a diet book or if you're following that pre-made meal plan, none of that advice is really on there. Now right. they're kind of lost. So um, I think yeah. that's where probably won some clients over is, is in the weeks where they normally would have gained three pounds. Maybe they, maybe they didn't even lose anything, but maybe they didn't gain anything. And that's a, that's a huge win for yeah. them. Yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, and I think you're, you're really helping trainers understand what, what your, their clients really need so you can help them see success. So it sounds like your program gives, uh, you, so you give the client like a book of recipes, a portion, which is a custom meal plan, which is probably what the client goes into thinking they need. But that's really, what they think they need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then what you really support them is, 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 is I hear you tell them why it works. You give them lessons these videos you record, you give them daily coaching and weekly check-ins. And, and then you also give them problem solving and how to do what they should do kind of lessons. And that's, that's really big. I, I, yeah. I think, uh, I think, yeah, like you said, you know, they, they think they need that meal plan. So that's why I provide it. And some of them do follow it, but so I do think that's something that should be provided, but that's not what's going to keep people sticking around. You know, mm -hmm. I know that it's a nice idea to think, hey, I, I design a meal plan and I send it to a client and then I get paid and then they get the results. Mm -hmm. That's only going to last for as long as they're following that meal plan and they're not going to follow it forever. But one of the things I've started to do on my website with the testimonials is, is, is share a testimonial from somebody who's lost weight and then follow up with them two or three years later. And yeah, they've still, they've kept the weight off. And I think because of the coaching, you know, more so than the meal plan. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a, a huge, um, that's a huge showing that that your program works and that, that that specific methodology works. And I think that's a really great solution for people who get bogged down with trying to like, they're like, there's no way I can create this specific eat this, eat this at this time. This is, you know, recipes and no one ever follows it. And it's, 
it's tough. So I did have one question. I don't, I'm sure you have a solution for this is what do you do when, when certain things are not straight carbs and protein and uh, straight protein. And then, you know, size wise, then people fall off their chair. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like let's say beans, I think it's half protein, half carbs. So then how does someone break it up uh, portion wise? Really, really good question. So well, within the food guide are, are two things. One is, so some common ones would be a fattier protein. So, mm-hmm. okay, chicken breast is all good and dandy, but what what if you want to have chicken thigh, which has more fat? Well, then that will take up, you know, two chicken thighs will take up your protein and your fat serving for that meal. So there's the distinction between fattier and lean proteins. And then there's also so vegetarian protein sources. I was just discussing this with a lady yesterday is, yeah, you look at chickpeas. So chickpeas, you know, a cup of chickpeas is going to have 24 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. It's going to have 48 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. So you can count that as your protein source, but that also counts as your, your carb source. It's because we're ballparking one portion of protein around 25 grams, a portion of carbs around 40 grams. So uh, I've, I've made some distinctions there for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And obviously distinguishing, you know, in this demographic, we're not counting the carbohydrates in, in green veggies. We're not even going to count them in carrots. I haven't met anybody who's gotten obese from eating carrots. Obviously, <laughs> if you're training for a fitness competition or something, you probably want to count your vegetable carbs. So we only count the starchy carbs as carbs. But yeah, those are tricky ones. And then even within that portion guide, I some people do want to know the numbers, especially with my fitness pal and whatnot. I put the numbers there so people can see them. So again, for me, it could be different for other people, other coaches, and that's fine. But I constitute 40 grams of carbs as a serving of carbs. So I list that at the bottom. These are the portion equivalents. If you're reading a label and that label says 30 grams of carbs, well, you know, that's three quarters of a portion of carbs. So they can do the math that they want. And I do think that is something important to learn because we're not always just going to be eating you know, a plain chicken breast with, uh, you know, a palm-sized potato and some green beans. We're going to be having pre-packaged stuff and, and, and whatnot. And I do, I do actually recommend people go to skinnytaste.com. Uh, fantastic website because it has all the macronutrients listed. And roughly speaking, obviously it varies on the recipe there. Recipes are about one-third protein, one-third carbs, one-third fat. But I really like the fact that they share the the macronutrients. Cause then even if I hadn't seen the recipe, a client can send it to me and say, Hey, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I can tell you exactly what I think because I don't have to add up all the, the portions. Um, and then the client, once they learn, you know, oh, 40 grams of carbs is a portion, then they can look at that recipe and know. So that is one of the trickier parts of, you know, maybe buying a healthy recipe book or looking online. If they don't list the macronutrients and it's maybe some super Buddha bowl with a cup of quinoa and a cup of chickpeas and some goddess avocado sauce and some walnuts and this, that's all healthy stuff, but the, the calories could approach a thousand calories. And, and uh, that's why I try to advise people to, to at least be able to understand the macronutrients in, involved uh, in what they're eating. Yeah. So like, that is a great thing. Like I happen to love those types of bowls. And um, if I was to talk to someone about it, it gets real tricky. Do you then recommend people not to even eat out during your program? Because it's so hard. Don't, I don't recommend them not to eat out, but I do recommend them to, you know, spend some time just 
like it's easy to find the values for most foods. This is like franchise restaurants. Um, trying to think of one in the States, Olive Garden or Old Spaghetti Factory, all that stuff would be up online. And I try to get them to not stress. So look at the values. We can try and work that into your, your meal plan if you want to go to the Olive Garden. Fettuccine Alfredo is a really tough one. Like <laughs> I think it's like 2,000 calories for a serving there. But, but I try to get them to not stress. Let's say if you're going to some hole-in-the-wall restaurant that there's no way they have the nutrition posted. So you, let's say you're going to an Italian restaurant hole in the wall and you want to get the spaghetti and meatballs and you have no idea what's in there. Just look up the spaghetti and meatballs on the Olive Garden and use that as your value. Mm. Use that to equate. So I don't, I don't discourage people from eating out. We do part of the portion plan is one indulgent meal a week. Some people call it a cheat meal where you don't have to count anything. So, you know, the only time, so on that meal, don't worry about it. Don't count, go out, have fun. Mm-hmm. And then realize, okay, this scale is going to be up a couple of days, but you're you're going to be losing again within a couple of days, mostly water weight that you're holding. But yeah, there's no requirement to 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 quantify what's that in that meal. But then if we are going out for a second time in a week, we should we should try and make sure we're staying within our portion plan. And sometimes that means they carry their their carbohydrates over from earlier in the day and backload them to later in the day and their fats as well. So. The one thing I urge people to do is don't don't starve yourself during the day because then you're gonna you're gonna eat everything in sight when you go out, but just more of a protein and veggies approach during the day to prepare for that extra indulgent meal. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then you mentioned um, talking to someone about veggie proteins. And I since your program is one third one third, is that hard for you to? Is that hard for people to get to if they're on a mostly ve- a vegan or vegetarian program? That's a great question. Often what we end up doing with a vegetarian is, is increasing. It, it, it can be hard uh, for sure. So sometimes we will, we will actually increase the fat and decrease the protein, but we try not to budge much on the carbohydrates, particularly in this demographic, like women, you know, perimenopausal, menopausal women, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. They tend to be a little bit more insulin resistant, so don't seem to tolerate carbohydrates as well. And often the changing hormones cause more carb cravings and more carb intake causes more carb cravings. So mm. even for the vegetarians, I try not to budge on that, but we do, do try and recognize that, yeah, it's going to be harder to get one third protein without going over on your carbs. So then mm. we, then we drop the protein a bit and up, up the fat a bit. So maybe mm. they're 20% protein, 25% protein and, and 45% fat or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, rather than being one third, one third, one third, but yeah, that it is, it is one of the trickier populations to, to work with. And, you know, when I first started doing these portion plans, that was, that was something I had to, had to really think about and kind of consult, you know, some of my notes and do some research on it. And I'm, yeah, that it is tough. If you're, yeah. if you're relying purely on vegetable proteins, it's hard to keep the carbs down. So that's why we said, okay, well, let's, let's drop the protein a bit and then up the fat. Because yeah. we want that satiety from the, the proteins and the fats. We don't want to be too carb dominant. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good solution. And one last question about how you approach your nutrition for them is how do you, how do you calculate like fiber? Do you, do you like try to say, well, this type of carb, because there's so much of it is fiber and technically you're not, do you ever, are you just a, carbs or carbs? No, no, it's a, it's a really good question. Like what, what we try and do is, you know, part of the Sunday check-in. So every Sunday is asking somebody about their regularity 
if you will, mm, just yes. on a scale of one to 10, how regular, if things are going well, we're not really going to dig into it, but if, so I'm not going to pick through their, you know, they're, they're sending me what they're eating every day, but I'm not going to pick through and try and calculate fiber. If I don't see any vegetables, then it's a red flag right away. But unless they're having issues, you know, going number two, right. we won't look at fiber, but if, if they are having issues, then we'll look through it. I'll do a quick calculation for them. And generally speaking, for 1,000 calories per consumed, we're looking for 10 to 14 grams of fiber. So it varies from person to person. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you're having 1,500 calories, maybe we're looking for 20 grams of fiber. And then if they're not getting it, then we can look at yeah, increasing, you know, our leafy greens or maybe even taking a fiber supplement if that's necessary. But, yeah, that's not something I, I, I dig into because mm -hmm. I think that's – for lack of a better term, you kind of got to draw the line somewhere of how many things you make them track. Right. It's a lot easier. And some people choose to actually take the numbers that are, again, not necessarily focused on the portion plan. They're going to track on my fitness pal. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, I get them to go in, you know, with my fitness pal or the lose it app. You can, you can get the number at the bottom of the screen to show fiber. It mm -hmm. doesn't always default to it. And then, and then they'll say, okay, this is your 10 to 14 grams per thousand calories. I'll do the math for them. Okay. If we're getting 15 to 20 grams of fiber, great. Or somebody who's eating more, maybe we want 20 to 25. But yeah, I let that Sunday check-in dictate whether we really need to dig in on fiber. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's really interesting. I, I think why not ask them about their poop schedule? Because that's, I think it, 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 it's one easy way without tracking another number who wants to track more things, how that's yeah. going. Uh, yeah, so it's, I like it. Yeah, it's like, you know, it, it's important for you know, maybe analyzing whether they're low in fiber, maybe they're low in water, but you get them to mm. try and record their water intake. But also like, let's say the scale reads heavier than they thought. And then they answered, well, I haven't pooped in two days under that. Well, no wonder the scale's heavier. So then it can, it, tracking that can psychologically mm. explain that that's the reason why the scale hasn't gone down. You were bang on with your meals. You definitely lost body fat, but you know, it's just things are backed up a little bit. So sometimes yeah. that has happened with clients. I'm like, well, you have, you know, you're, you're, it's a digestive issue. It's not an issue with, with, with you doing a bad job this week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then regarding like I, when I was like, let's say there's times when I was like really dieting or something. And then I'd look at the, uh, let's say the quest bar, for example, and so much, it says three net carbs and then I'd get so confused or somebody asked me that question. So when you're counting, when you're going by a one-third, one-third macro, or let's say um, the vegetarian is different, what do you tell them when they say, but does this count? Is it three carbs or is it 19 carbs? <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's a good one. It's a, it's a hotly debated topic. Yeah. So you have carbohydrates in there that are coming from sugar, alcohols, and some of them are coming from insoluble fiber. Before I answer that, I will say with the with those bars, what I do tell people, regards of counting the carbs, is be wary of how your body digests them. Like mm -hmm. I can eat a Quest bar, no problem, but my wife has one, and and she's really not feeling well. And it's I think that density of fiber in that that bar is hard for some people. But there's debates either way. Can your body metabolize those carbs? Can they not? I tell people count count all the carbs. You know, just look at the mm -hmm. label and count all the carbs. You're, you get some really high level debates, you know, in the nutrition world on that. I think one of the reasons why I, I tell people to, to, 
to count all the carbs on those more than anything is hmm. regardless of whether you're going to assimilate all those carbs and have the potential to store them as fat. If everybody starts thinking of those as freebie carbs, they might start becoming too reliant on the protein bars, but yeah. where, where I don't have a problem with protein bars. My, my main philosophy on the bars is, you know, use them for convenience. You know, if you're going from one meeting to the next at work and you need to get something in quickly, use them as a mitigating strategy. I'm on the way home from work. I'm ravenous. I don't want to stop at McDonald's. So I'm going to have this protein bar just to kind of calm me down, but I don't want people to rely on them too much. And also I think that they, they can cause some digestive issues. So my philosophy is count them all as carbs, but I know uh, some people watching this might disagree with me and that that's okay. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to keep the rules simple and it keeps the rules a little bit simple, like you were saying. So I think those were incredible tips for a trainer who's trying to get their mind around how to advise people on what to eat since they're going to be asked that. If I could ask just a few more questions, I know absolutely yeah. like you um, about your online training business, because that's, that's like, a black box. Like people are like, okay, it sounded real easy to you, but the sound is very hard for me. So how did you, so you got maybe your first few clients from current clients, let's say, but from there, I can't imagine there were all referrals. How did you get more online clients for, for that business since it really boomed for you? That's a, that's a awesome question. Like I should probably preface and say all the things I did wrong first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe anybody watching this who's thinking about maybe launching your, your first program or whatever is initially before I'd even really built a rapport online, I just bought some Facebook advertising, advertised the program, focused on what you get, you know, spent a few hundred bucks on Facebook ads. And I think people, you know, didn't know me as an online trainer and that didn't work very well. Like mm, it was just, okay. okay, sign up for my program. Here you go. I did have some testimonials and whatnot, but I, I think I asked too quickly. I didn't get any any return on, on the Facebook ads initially because I think I jumped into it too fast. So I stepped back. I, I decided to, to try to be on Facebook most days and, and offer free advice and respond mm -hmm. to any comment I had. And the business kind of started to trickle in that way. So it was just creating an online presence. The other thing I'd say I did, I I. I did wrong in the beginning was I saw what some other successful trainers were doing and I tried to, to almost emulate them, mm -hmm. but then I, I wasn't really being myself. So some of them were actually very bold with what they were saying. So I thought, okay, I got to be bold. I got to be border on the lines of being a jerk. You know, the keto <laughs> diet is stupid, you know, or something like that, you know, and all mm. the, you know, I veto the keto. That's one thing I posted. And I, <laughs> I think I was pushing some people away, but that wasn't me at all. Like, so, so I was uh, spending hours trying to figure out how to make these infographics. Some of them actually are useful and, and, but I was just doing that because other people were doing that. But I, I found, you know, I do quite well with writing. So I just mm -hmm. started writing out advice. I tried to make it uh, very kind and non-judgmental and the response mm -hmm. was a lot better, regardless mm -hmm. of how I feel about a certain diet. I will, now discuss that diet with the pros and cons because there's a hundred percent chance somebody reading that post is trying that diet. And if I make them feel stupid for trying it, then they're probably not going to hire me. But if I give a sound explanation on either side, so build some rapport and, 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 and give, give free advice, be yourself. 
it's very <laughs> exhausting to to try to, to to try to be for me i was trying to be somewhat controversial mm-hmm. and, and uh, i found that was exhausting and it, it just didn't feel right but people just started to message me sometimes from seeing that or somebody said hey my friend shared your post and i saw it so the interesting thing is i've gotten so so busy now i don't have as much time to do those posts on facebook but but when i do the, the response is usually good and i have people you know actually tell me look i hired you because you know you seem to have a really reasonable approach one of the things i in my facebook bio is i you know i, I coach people and i try not to be a dick about it you know like mm-hmm. so that's my thing but you know what some of you you know depending on your circle and the people your avatar they might not want that soft approach. They might want take a firm stand. I like you because you've taken a firm stand. That's not me, but if that's you, go for that. But don't, don't you know? In terms of business models, maybe maybe copy models of what people are doing successfully. But in terms of your voice, don't copy somebody else's voice hmm. because um, that's not you, and you, people are going to connect with you. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end, .co. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.